Hey everybody, uh, Mark here. Um, there was some technical difficulties tonight, and maybe it happened, and maybe it didn't. But just heads up before we get into the episode, it might get a little bit weird. But anyway, here we go, Dangle Podcast. Well, hey, Mark. Well, hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? Oh, you know, doing doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, just I was thinking of my thinking of my time in Germany, man, because I'm. Getting close. I'm almost home. I'm almost back to my lady, and uh, my my old heart has been opining, man. It's it's the bakeries and all the cool German cultural stuff and, and and things like that. But I don't know. I did I ever tell you the story about what it's like going antique shopping in Germany, Mark? Um, no, I don't think you mentioned that one. You told me about the time you played mini golf with uh, Tiger Woods, and the time that you got drunk with the World War II veteran at the. Uh whatever they call you, like, you know, the uh, VFW, but I guess if you're in Germany, like, veterans of this place's war, lo- veterans uh, of local the, wars. The... Um, you told me, you told me about what, what was it, um, 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 Coheed and Cambria and, like, the kids bringing in KFC chicken buckets, so, nah, yeah. so I don't think you mentioned the, uh, T-King, Johnny. Yeah, so, um, about once, so from, like, April to October, once a month, uh, right near where we live off the Rhine, they have what's called the Rheinau. And that's this big park. It's the Rhine Park. Mm-hmm. And on the Rheinau, they have, once a month, they have this giant-ass flea market. And it's loaded with all these different antiques and stuff. Um, you know, I found beer steins there. I found uh, a cigarette case. I definitely got fleeced into buying a cigarette case from the early 1900s that was Oh, I want to say leather, and it had a picture of Otto von Bismarck on it. And, oh, dope. You know, and I don't even smoke hand-rolled cigarettes, but this is cool. I'll find it. I'll give it give it to someone. And a German version of The Hobbit from, like, the mid-70s that has all these weird, like, drawings and shit in it. Der Hobbit? But, yeah, der, der Hobbit. Der kleine Hobbit, actually. Oh, the little neat. Hobbit. I like that. At least that the one I got was the Der kleine Hobbit. Um, but, uh, no, so, like, they've got antique stores in and around town like near where we are but you see all sorts of shit at this flea market and so for somebody who grew up antiquing a lot and my mom likes to do it i always keep my eyes open for like fun unique things mm-hmm. like what's gonna scream what's gonna scream like really cool kitschy thing that i can bring back to somebody or if you come to visit i can send it home with you as a keepsake shit like that yeah. like i said like a hand-rolled cigarette case stuff like that mm-hmm. um for my mom, it's always something sewing related. For my stepdad, it's usually something car related. For my sister, who you've never met, my sister's got a weird thing that she really enjoys that, oddly enough, it just meshes so good with German culture. Okay. She collects lawn gnomes. Really? Yes. So I'm, I'm going through the grind now. This was like last October. We caught the last one of the season. And we're going through the grind now and checking stuff out and I, I see this table it's got all sorts of cool shit on it like old old discotheque um cassette tapes and and you know shit you'd see at a, at a garage sale mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and lo and behold there is probably a foot and a half tall garden gnome and I, like not super hyper realistic but not like keeblery elf somewhere in the middle if you want to say like lovably ugly kind of like a pug Okay, okay. If that makes sense. Okay, yeah. like Bill Loma, um, humping. I got you, I got you. Oh, God, no, that's not lovable. Um, <laughs> so it, it's like, I just see it sitting there, and I'm like, hey, how, um, uh, wie viel kostet? Uh, what, how much does this cost? Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy's like, uh, 20 euro. Cool, deal, done, fantastic. 
And I get home and I'm like, oh God, this is, my sister's going to wonder where the hell I found this. She's going to wonder why I bought it for her, but she's also going to be over the moon because it's like something weird, unique. She's like me and the rest of my family. We love weird, weird, unique shit. Um, and so I pick it up. I start shaking it because it feels like there's something inside of it. Like when you pick it up, it feels like something, there's, there's something loose. Inside oh of yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what could this possibly be? It's making noise, but it's not super heavy. And there's like a little hole and it almost looks like there's a rubber stopper, kind of like, um, like a piggy bank when you were a kid. So I pull out this little rubber bit. I look in there and there's a, there's a, like a tightened up little tiny scroll. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a piece of paper that somebody has rolled up and stuffed in there. And I pull it out and I unroll it. And it just says, congratulations, you have found the, the lucky gnome of wealth. In order for you to be successful for the next 20 years in life, in love, and in everything else that you want, you must listen to the dang old podcast. Well, I'll be damned. That's in, that's incredible, John. <laughs> that was all written in uh, English coming out of a garden gnome from Germany. That's insane. It, it really was. It feels like it was um, a, a, a cry from the heavens because he wasn't a Figgleforth and he wasn't a Winklebottom, but... Damn, did he have a pretty uh, pretty strong message to sell. And that is welcome to the dang old podcast. That was a long fucking trip there, bud. You're going to have to cut some of that. I'm not cutting any of it. You're going to live with what you have done. <laughs> You're going to live with me breaking and not being able to host this here weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny. We take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows, and we compare the feather bottoms to the Figgleforths versus the Winkle Bottoms and Dog Quaffers or whatever the hell. I just realized your name is Featherbottom. I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to slap it with our patented review system. Uh, Johnny, let's get into it, buddy. Let's get into it, man. We're starting this week with episode 175, Yard She Blows. Original air date, January 23, 2005. Mark, we're back to seeing episodes every week. I checked. Uh, I don't know what was up their ass because I didn't check all that hard. But <laughs> we're back to normal episodes every week. Okay. It's fine. We're cool. This was written by Cybert and Glarum. Um, where did we see this lovely writing duo last, Mark? Um, most recently we saw them in Maiden Arlen and... Or, sorry. Okay. Yeah, well, Maiden Arlen and then The Witches of East Arlen. Oh, okay. Uh, so a strong one and a not-so-strong one for me. Uh, yeah, I think we liked East Arlen. Um, that's what she said. We liked it, but we remembered it more fondly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I remember really liking Maiden Arlen. Yeah, um, but that's what she said. We gave it a two-tane. Um, Maiden Arlen, you gave it a Char King, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I said, I remember really liking Maiden Arlen. Um, our... Cast of characters for this episode, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, Joseph Gribble, Luann Platter, Kahneman, Supernusen Pone, Sally, Ladybird, and Mailman Thompson, because I know he doesn't say mailman, he says mailman. Mailman Just Thompson? Like councilman. And garbageman Everett. <laughs> or garbageman Morehouse, excuse me. Wow. Thank you. How dare I? Yeah, How dare I get that We're wrong? recalling Councilman Everett. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mark, our synopsis for this episode, Peggy wants to make more of a statement about the hill's front yard, and after finding a garden gnome, it leads to gnomicide. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> A-story characters this week, Hank, Peggy, and Bobby. 
if we have a B story, if you want to qualify it, I'm going to throw this out there and feel free to fight me. Okay. Also, feel free to vehemently agree with me. I say that Joseph is a B story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You do that. <laughs> it's like it's maybe 60 collective frames in the entire episode, but it tells a story, <laughs> so it's a story for me. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, let's get into some notes, man. <laughs> some notes. Um. So, number one, this is... So, okay, so what's Peggy's main premise in here? It's, you know, to get the yard up and running. So, in a sense, you could say that Peggy's getting a job, but you'd be wrong, John. This is actually a Peggy Gets a No <laughs> episode. Oh, it is a Peggy Gets a No episode. <laughs> um, My head exploded. John, what day is today? Uh, 420. Legalize Guys, we're recording it. this the... We're gonna re- you're hearing this tomorrow. We're recording this tonight. Yes. We're one day in the past, but you're listening to us in the future? Mind blown. It's like, you can just record things and they'll be there forever, man. Um. Wow, man. I know. It's like, King of the Hill is just like a fucking cartoon, man. Like, don't overthink it. Um, no. So, I posted today that image of Hank Hill with the... Literally, check our Twitter, guys. Dangle Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Hank Hill going, why would you do drugs when you can cut the grass? That was the opening of this, and I did not realize that. I watched this at like 4 o'clock tonight, or 4.30 when I got home from work, and I was like, oh my god, my head was... My head was an animal, and it was insane. I... This... (laughs) This episode has a lot of meme templates in it because I picked up another one later on. Yeah. So I'm glad that you noticed this one, though. Yeah. I just, I was, it freaked me out a little bit. Technically, right now, I am drinking Peggy's weird-ass homemade lemonade. <laughs> I'm drinking Her a... lemonade raid. Yeah, I'm drinking a Vizzy Hard Seltzer uh, with blackberry and lemon uh, with antioxidant and vitamin C. So, Peggy predicted a... Uh, not just, you know, the whole seltzer movement, but Vizzy's in particular. That's insane to me. <laughs> uh, um, we got to mark some moments of the macabre real quick. John Lennon was shot and killed on uh, December 8th, 1980 at 10.50 p.m. by Mark David Chapman in front of the Dakota building where he lived in New York City. I bring that up because Peggy says, I got these curtains the day that John Lennon was shot. So Peggy got those curtains yeah. on December the 8th, 1980. Which two days before my sister was born. Ooh, weird. It's also really weird that they've had the same curtains for this is two thousand four. That's a long time to have the same set of curtains. Gross, Peggy. Twenty four years. Yeah, that's a that's a long set of curtains. Um, hey, I have this weird thing in the back of my head called The Sun Also Roses starring the Game Grumps. And maybe I forgot to remember it, or maybe Steve Verglarum forgot to remember it <laughs> when he wrote this because he was smoking too much weed from then. But god damn it, we are getting into just blowing continuity out the window. And what really bothers yeah. me is that, like, okay, so you know what? I can get over, um, um, a rover runs through it. I can get over that one with Peggy's mom. Like, first season doesn't count. It's real hard to nail down any type of continuity unless they're Futurama. We have said that before a lot. Um, but just right. in this season, we are getting callbacks to continuity that does not, it's not even going to be addressed again. Like, we've got this, we've got mutual of um, Omobois with the insurance mm-hmm. adjuster. Like, um,. They're getting sloppy. We're getting or lazy. Real sloppy. There's a third, and I cannot 
place it off the top of my damn head. And I'm trying to not be this guy. I'm trying to not just be like, but what about this? But it's like, up until now, we just saw this. Like, as a retrospective rewatch, we literally just saw this shit, like, not too long ago. Oh, so, I mean, if if I may say, our, the next episode we're talking about this week, it has the almost the exact same plot structure as a, a former episode. So maybe that's what you're thinking of. Hmm. Interesting. We'll get there when we get there, though. We'll get there when we get there. Um, No Mania, that book that they're reading at the kitchen table, I need that book so that I might do a Two Wizards on Garden Gnome bullshit. But to that end, <laughs> I went to look it up because I was going to give you just the littlest crash course in Garden Gnomes. And, um, hey, will you guest Johnny in like a month when we do Garden Gnomes on Two Wizards? Because... Holy shit, there's so much to him and I had no idea. It's a whole it's a whole thing. But don't look into it, guys. I'm gonna look into it so you don't have to. That's it's a dangle podcast I mean, I know, guarantee. I know more about trolls than gnomes because I've been to Norway twice and they like trolls up there. Well, I don't like the trolls because of all the nudity. <laughs> and their awful, awful hair. Such awful hair. <laughs> Um, this is a general note. I just kind of like this. I took a minute to write. I like this episode. I was just kind of delighted throughout. Um, and then finally, I am so doing a two wizards on just garden gnomes. Like not actual like gnome gnomes. It's just straight up garden gnomes. Shit's happening. Um, what are your notes, buddy? So guys, this is a, this is a first for Johnny. He's never imbibed, but I take that back. Let me rewind this. This is a first for Johnny. He has never taken notes for Dang Old Podcast while he has been imbibing in the devil's lettuce. I've just never done that before. Oh, so you're doing this pig experiment today. Uh, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was, uh, oh man, it was something else trying to focus and pause and go, oh God, where's my pause button? I'm using two different computers. It was, it was a whole thing. So (laughs) if my notes don't sound very coherent this week, that's why. I feel like I'm 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 underselling what may be my my greatest set of notes ever in these next two episodes. Uh, first one, Lemonaderade sounds like something that you would buy if you were an alcoholic frat boy and you wanted to score with the cute girls at your party. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said, "Yeah, it's Vizzies. Peggy invented Vizzies." <laughs> um, or do you have a room that is in your house that you got to design other than the think hole? I mean, I guess the think hole would be a good one. The think but like hole, the, you yeah. got to take a bunch of pride, pride in. Yeah. Literally like the think you hole, got yeah. to, you pick out like what's going on the walls. Okay. Um, you've seen it. Do you think Amanda, Amanda has any stance on the, th- or any, what do you call that? Any sway on the think hole? Hell no. This is, it's the think hole. Like there's hook swords. There's now, Dragon Ball Z. There's Ron Swanson. There's R2-D2s. There's a traffic cone that I stole from <laughs> the college 20 years ago. Like, yeah, nah, like, books and books. Now, if she, and, yes. If she came in to try and, and add something to it, would it mess with you? Yeah, but I'm autistic as shit when it comes to that kind of thing, so. <laughs> um, it, back in my, my old house uh, before we moved, the, uh, I had an office, and it was technically a, a dual office. You know, my wife had her workspace in there as well, but she was very rarely in there and never never at the same time as me. So it was basically my, my gaming cave. Mm-hmm. And I got, like, super excited about it. And I can understand why Hank is possessive over his lawn and why he's like, no, Peggy, you have other areas of the house that you can go and do this shit in. Because, like, 
I had very specific ways things were displayed. I had action figures. I had gaming consoles. I had an entire setup in one corner just with a CRT TV and like my, my old PlayStation and Nintendo setup too so that you could play it on an authentic tube TV. And I was very, very proud of how all of that got laid out. And so if she were to come in and try and screw with it, I don't think I would be okay with it. Yeah, it's a all. psychological area. Um, but yeah. also that is not to say that she does not have her own space. She is developing her own think hole in the uh, wee oh, tiny I, room. <laughs> I basically let everything else in our house go go to her for the most part. You know, yeah. I had a couple of, of like hard, no, I won't do that. I really despise painted wood. Like, <laughs> I just don't do painted wood things. Really? So, yeah, it's just not my aesthetic. I would rather have straight wood or something that is like if there's a covering over it or rock. Huh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I gave I got my office, she got the rest of the house and I was like, Yeah, I'm cool with this. Um, Mark, do you know what other did you notice the other um meme that came from this episode? Um I know I did, but now that you asked about it, what is it? I don't know what it is. <laughs> so Peggy is complaining that there is just no damn sun. That all they need is sun, there's just no damn sun anywhere, and Hank looks up and to the like left into the sky and there's the sun right there and it is very much the dragon ball z hanky dami meme that people will always photoshop oh, goku into as the spirit bomb yeah okay okay yep <laughs> and i'm like i know i've said that to you probably two or three times in the last five years because every time i see it i'm like hey these are two things that i like that mark likes <laughs> <laughs> there's a third one then so and i don't remember where it comes in then i damn it john I mean, I don't want to say we have to watch this again, but we might have to watch this again. Better watch this one again, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Mark, how do you feel about yard art? I don't care. I'm indifferent to it. I think it's your yard. You do whatever the hell you want. Um, but I also think yeah. that there's such a thing as too much, and there's a lot to be said for not bending to the will of others, but, like, nobody needs to see those horrendous um, plywood cutouts of a... Uh, old fat white women bending over and you can see their spotted underwear. No one needs to see that. Get rid of that shit. <laughs> but hey, man, you got a big old propane tank painted like a cow? Yep, I'm in. You're in for that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I, I am too and I think part of it comes that you and I grew up around ag, ag communities where they do funky cool shit like that to make their yard stick out. Yeah. Because shit, half of them are they're out in the middle of nowhere and they don't get visitors. They can do whatever the hell they want in their yard. Yeah. And quite frankly, especially in like a rural setting, I prefer the yard art because it means that you're like not cooking meth or maybe you're cooking too much meth, but you know, it's just manifesting in artistic <laughs> yard. And if that's the case too, well, you know, Hey, whatever you got to do to get yeah. through the day. Yeah. Um, and then the last note that I have here is I feel like we've seen this before, but I can't think of any specific like instances of it, but maybe I'm just thinking too far into this with my meta brain, mm -hmm. but th there seems to be a very interesting like niche culture of hyper specific hobbyist groups in Arland. So like my idea here is, okay, they, not only do they have random people walking by your neighborhood that know exactly who Winklebottom is, mm -hmm. who, who made him, how old he was, how rare he is and all this stuff about gnome culture, like fuck dude you may as well have just walked into into a barnes and noble and and started talking to the guy who's read every single extended universe star wars book about how you like darth maul yeah. like that's what i feel like this lady did to peggy it was like oh you think you do but let me let me unload 30 years worth of of like 
impotence and knowledge on you. <laughs> um, and then, like, not only do they have that, but they also have uh, new Hoffenheim and all this other, like, weirdly specific stuff. And I maybe, I, like I said, maybe I'm looking too far into this. Maybe it's just because they need a deus ex machina sometimes to fix things. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've seen these, like, specific hobbyist groups in and around Arlen before. I think so. Um, yeah. Witches of East Arland is a good one because, like, yeah. Th- yeah, it's a smaller group, but it's a group of people. Um, the the cultish frat house that Luann joins is also kind of, like, pretty specific. <laughs> I wouldn't call a cult a niche interest group. <laughs> okay, fair, <laughs> fair. Um, but, like, I don't know, I... Just just a note I had, like I was like, okay, maybe I'm looking at looking at this through a writer's lens of how how would you make this work without this, like being inserted. I think the biggest pass yeah. that I can give it is that Arlen is Pigtown, and the Germans were typically associated with pork, so it stands to reason that there's yeah. probably a pretty solid German diaspora in Arlen. Okay. Like, okay, no, I like that. Um, you, and you know what we've seen it too. Like, there's the weird like clutches of people, like um, the weird Irish group. You know. Yeah. Like, there's that, and it's it's a very it's a very typical thing to have. Like, you know, that one group of people that's like, oh yeah, um, you know, it's we're the we're the this, but you know, if there's a bigger, it's it's like downtown Denver. You know, Greek section's got its. You know, the Greece got their section, and there's, like, you know, Little Asia, and, you oh, know. Oh, those little ethnic enclaves. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's just, like, the little enclave, and it's just, you know, New Hoffenheim is the same thing, but it's rural-ish Texas, so you get to spread out just a little bit more with it. Okay. And it's a, know, to me, it's it a stupid like... tourist trap, too. Like, dude, are you telling yeah. me? If, all right, so here in, like, three weeks when you and I are in Kansas City, and um, we're just, like, dicking around post-Tanak glory... Um, if there's a fucking garden gnome museum thing, you better bet your ass we're going to that, buddy. I'm buying you a t-shirt, like. Awesome. <laughs> I To me, it felt like we were watching the birth of a subreddit in an age where Reddit didn't exist yet. Because Ooh. it's like, um, our lawn gnomes was, was birthed here and it's everybody's sharing all of their weird echo chambery shit, but they actually have people to talk to in person. So it's less creepy and sad. It's not sad. Guys, have your hobbies. The internet can unite us as well as divide us, but only, you know, stick to the good shit. If you're into furry shit, eh, good for you. Yeah. Like that side turn. Mark, I'm done with notes. What pros you got for me? Oh, my sweet little hi, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing okay, all right? You're doing great. I'm surviving. You're doing great. Um, pros, um, the zoom in to Hank's face. Please don't ruin my yard. Oh, right. <laughs> That's like that that is tangential to my first pro too. I'm glad you picked on that. <laughs> um, that's a favorite moment. Uh I like Flapper Luann. I just made me happy. Mm. Just a cute little bit there. I, I noticed that costume change. Thousand percent would be a Luann thing to go put on some poor dead woman's clothing. Right. Um. I like Hank using Bobby to as the excuse to get rid of Winklebottom. 
Like, Ooh, I like yeah. that a lot. He it's, finds his out. It's it's subterfuge, Hank. We we've seen it a couple times before. We're gonna see it a couple times again. Um, on par, not quite on par with you know like him getting Buck and Ms. Liz together at Sugarfoot's, but it's close. It's it's a good little bit. Yeah. Um, I really liked that that whole little segment, and then like. It's over, Dad. Not yet. It's not. And he like backs over and like his face is all determined. And he's... <laughs> yep. Yeah. I really, really like Hank in this episode. He's just kind of fun. Yeah, he's kind of a dick, but I don't care. He's still fun. Um. Also, final pro. This I wish that I hadn't already put up. You know, the this week we're watching this. Um. But man, Gnome Iwo Jima. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Laughed way too hard Oof. at. Iwo Nomo Jima, like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I had to, like, stop and, like, just take a beat and appreciate, oh, hey, look, kids, it's David Herman. Don't care. Gnome Iwo Jima. Like, yep. <laughs> and I think, and, and here's where I was, too. I was like, oh, shit, it's a callback to when Cotton comes marching home again. <laughs> yeah, this is not even the first time we've watched them desecrate Iwo Jima on this show. <laughs> It's it's great. What are your pros, buddy? Um, I got a bunch here. So my first one is, like I said, tangential to yours, and it's that I like that Hank. He he's very he very clearly in his voice, in his body language, in his actions, in in his subterfuge, really doesn't want Peggy to plant anything in in the front yard. Like you said, he's like, please don't destroy my lawn, mm-hmm. and yet. Hank is the type of guy that is not going to limit his wife. And I feel like that's a pro because he's like, well, I really don't want you to ruin this, but you're my partner and I'm going to let you do this because that's, that's me. You'd want to do, I would want you to do the same for me. And so to me, it was like, Hey, we're all being reminded of what a good partner looks like here because Hank could just take his ball and go away mm-hmm. and just say, Nope, you can put this in the backyard. You can do it in the house. He could put his foot down and I don't think he would, I think eventually Peggy would just give in and just go, okay, I guess it's fine. But no, he let her, he let her try flowers. He let her try the, the, the gnome, like a bunch of other shit. And I think he needs to get uh, some kudos for that. Um, <laughs> Khan's bullying. Okay. The way he is bullying them, he reminds me of a third grader. Okay. Just like his tone, the le- like the level of his bullying, the uh, really what it was was the joke where he said, "Oh, she touched your arm. You better cut it off before it kills the rest of you." And I'm like, "That's something a third grade boy would make fun of you for." <laughs> he would say, "Oh, you've got cooties. Don't let him touch you. Oh, you touched his arm. Gonna have to cut it off now." I'm like, "That's not even great jokes. It's just Khan being kind of a stupid third grade bully." But mm-hmm. it's a pro to me because it's Kermit. not overly cruel. Um, I also really love when Hank is the butt of the joke and the other three guys in the alley all get to chime in. Yeah. So that's always, uh, that's always a plus. We get that twofold this week. We get it in this episode and in next episode. We get a lot in next episode. Mm -hmm. Um, you hit this as well. The burial of Winklebottom. That entire scene to me was, it was animated. It was written perfectly. It felt like a, it felt like a legitimately good mafia hit scene. Yeah, it was Sopranos. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, you just killed Polly the Squealer and you put him in a uh, uh you know, shallow grave. What are we going to do next? Hold on. I got one more one more thing. One more thing. Uh oh, fuck, what's his what's his nephew's name? 
Christopher. Oh, one more like, thing, Christopher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> and he's oh. and, and he just runs over it. Like, yep. Yep. That felt really good. Uh, my last one here, I, I'm going to retract a statement I made about five dang old podcasts ago. Okay. That said that we're never going to see anything other than Gross Joseph. Yeah. For, I said from that point on, we're only ever going to see Gross Joseph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I apparently forgot about this B story because he doesn't really ever say anything. He says a couple of things. Really, it's in response to, hey, sorry, I dented it. I crashed and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hit my head. <laughs> Um, those basset hound this, eyes. This B story is it's simple. It's character exploration for Joseph. And I love that it comes full circle because, Mark, it took me until this watching of this episode to notice that the very last time you see Joseph, he is limping off and his foot's in a cast. He has busted his foot from that stupid minibike. <laughs> oh, shit. I did not notice that. Good looking out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like I said, it comes full story. You get, like, it's like that episode of Community where Abed gives the, helps the people give birth to a kid in the background the whole episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to be looking for Joseph in the background because <laughs> he's just doing stupid shit. But I, I almost feel like they, they came close. They edged the line of, of playing with native american stereotypes here because he is like the shithead little native american kid on the reservation in this episode <laughs> just running around unchained with that fucking mini bike cutting donuts everywhere just being obnoxious <laughs> the whatever guy. it was i'm fucking here for it dude yeah no i'm with you i uh like the cop hey nice wheelie like, that's great like <laughs> exactly yeah, you think he's going to get yelled at? No, no. It's it's because Arlen's cops are fucking useless. Yep. Mark, give me some cons, man. Some cons. Here we go. You ready? Uh, number one, what am I going to bitch about, John? Take a guess. I bitch about one thing it seems like every episode. Well, two things every episode lately. What's... Well, <laughs> I was going to say, it's not the uh, the art style because you've been praising that every episode. Not the art... Well, oh, yeah. what is it? It is the art style in its own way. Piggies, petite piggies in the bed. Those are wee tiny, not size 16 feet. However, uh, side con pro or whatever, neutral pro gain. Um, When she's trimming her nails in the bathroom, when Hank confesses to what he did, her foot is colossal. (laughs) Like, she she is choking up on the, like, what do you call the shaft of your foot? Like, she is choking up on it to, like, wrangle her toes. Like... It's drawn huge. That's a Peggy foot. That's how it should look. Like, it's a single animation frame, and it might be the first time since, like, other than, like, Peggy's magic sex feet, that we see her with these big-ass feet. Like, it's crazy. Okay. Um, direct contrast to you, I don't like Min and Con. I don't understand why they're there. I think Toby Huss needed to make 20 bucks this week. Probably. I think, I just... You know, as willing as I am any other time to just be like, okay, yeah, it's gone. Right on. This time I was like, why are you just there? So I don't know. Can I can I interject and, and try and sell it to you? Hell yeah. I feel like I've got a good explanation as to why why they can be there and why you can accept it. Um, I, I feel like the Super Nuisance Pones, they know they've got a one-up on the hills on just about everything. Connie makes a mention in an episode, we we already know, I know everything that you've got in your house, and we have everything you do, but better. Rich Hank, poor Hank. You know, that's kind of, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like their, their whole thing, right? Yeah. Except for their lawn. The lawn has always been, like, Hank's one place of pride, ever, all the way since King of the Ant Hill back in season one. 
Okay. It's, okay, I, ha- I have Raleigh St. Augustine. You do not. You have to go find your tax return now to try and figure out if you can get enough fertilizer to make your lawn look as good as mine. Like, they always have, like, this back and forth with a lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, what was the, the water rationing episode? Khan goes out of his way to make sure his lawn looks better than Hank's. Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. And so, for me, this is a perfect opportunity to insert Khan and Min, who are now finally going to get an edge over Hank's perfect lawn and finally take that win. Like, they're noticing this, and they're like, oh, shit, she has just trashed their their yard because she has planted all these all these annuals and perennials and all these flowers, and none of them have survived. And so what else? what else is she going to do next? So they're just kind of like watching the dumpster fire burn okay. at this point. Okay. So I don't know if that helps explain them be there a little bit more. Because other, other than that, like it does, they seem out of place. And you're right, it does seem kind of like Toby Huss and Lauren Tom needed 20 bucks this week. Well, no, you know what? I am willing to totally retract my con recontion. Contraction. You don't have to retract. No, it. I do. No, but I do. No, you kind of. No, I, I am willing to buy that. I mean, we see him watching <laughs> with their binoculars. Like, all the damn time. Are you like, saying. It's 100% in character, so yeah. What's up? Are you saying uh, objection or conjecture? <laughs> well, objecture. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to retract my con, <laughs> so it's a retracture. <laughs> Sorry, any chance I get to quote Dale Gribble, I will. Not at all, but I absolutely take it. I'm glad you uh, picked up. No, on I it. just, <laughs> I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to give you another another option to not be so mad about it. Not that I'm offended that you wanted to go the other direction, but. I just felt like I saw something you didn't hear. No, I think you're 100% right. Dude, I do that to you all the time when you're like, here's the point. I'm like, fuck you, John. This is why. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess so. <laughs> no, not at all, man. <laughs> it's true. We do do it. <laughs> um, uh, con, Duendes, Mexican, well, not Mex- Latin American, South American uh, folklore gnomes. I hate them. I am terrified of them. I can't do an episode of Two Wizards because I am too much of a pussy to watch the videos, (laughs) which there is a staggering amount of evidence. And every time I try and get into it, I have the same dream where there is one waiting in my bathroom while I hang a piss at like one in the morning and it runs out and slices my Achilles tendon and laughs at me, pees on my face and runs away. That's the same image I have every time I research him. Not doing it. I fucking am terrified. Okay, so like straight up, um, my boss, I was talking to my boss about it, the old one back at a uh, city market. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to do Duendes, but I'm too freaked out. He's like, dude, don't talk about the fucking Duendes. I'm like, why? And he told me a story that like, uh, he was, uh, hunting with the meat manager and the meat manager kept saying, look, if you hear shit at night, it's the Duendes. And they're right there on the New Mexican border. And like, there's fucking Duende stories that are just thick all down there. And he's like, I have been out in the woods all my life. I grew up in the woods and I have never been so afraid because I could hear those sons of bitches running around in the dark. And I knew, and they were running around on two feet. And that's what he said. And that's what stuck <laughs> with me is though they were running around on two feet. And like, I can't right now, John, there's a fucking Duende in my, in the think hole. I can sense it's goddamn presence. Um, All right, sorry. Final con, I have bitched about one thing throughout the entire run of this goddamn season. It is not the animation. It is not Peggy's Petite Piggies. What is it, John? That's right. A lack of motherfucking screens on the windows of the Hill House. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Fucking again. (laughs) I don't care. I Per Jen on Facebook, there are screens in Texas. 
<laughs> Damn it, you guys animate the fucking screens. All right, I'm done. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you a second to breathe here. Um, okay, so my, I, my first con here is one that I have to kind of pose a question to see if it's actually a con or not. Okay. Because your answer to this is going to help me determine if it is or not. Uh, at the end of this episode, Peggy is, she is obstinately in just so, what's the word I'm looking for here? Obnoxious. She is so stubborn about the idea that there is no way Hank was involved in this at all and that Bobby did it all. Okay. Right? Like, she's she, he's he's the one who broke Winklebottom. He's the one who threw him out or, or did all this stuff or destroyed him. And then at the very end, he's also the one, like... Or Hank is the one, not Bobby, that goes to New Hoffenheim and Hank did it all on his own. He had no input from Hop, but from Bobby to get uh, fe- uh, fe- Feather Figgleforth. Figgleforth. Yeah. Um, okay, so she's she is dead set in this very specific belief that Bobby is the bad guy, Hank is the good guy. Is this brain damaged Peggy, or is this Peggy trying to prove a point? I couldn't really tell, and I went back and forth on it a lot. Okay. Because I was I, think I was almost... the same way the whole time with like. Well, so, can I get, can I play the brain-injured mom card? Yeah. Yeah, um, Peggy's, like, trying to get shit to grow in the garden. Um, we know that Peggy can garden per, um, um, to spank with love. Yes. When she, it it starts off with her, like, catching the bull snake and Joseph, like, or, you know, Bobby going, that's like that book they took out of the library. I've got two dads. And, like, we see Peggy gardening. She chops up old Spanky into mulch. Like Peggy can garden. Yeah, well, we also we had... know this. Uh, I never promised you an organic garden. I think Peggy That's forgot exactly how to garden. Say, yeah. I, I think I think that might be a head injury thing. And my point to all this is, uh, my mom was a baker for years and years and years and years. That was one of the things she did and was really good at it. Um, after her head injury, she couldn't keep time. She didn't understand what time meant. Time wasn't a thing. What do you need for baking? Nothing but time. Time. Um, I watched her. Not make cheesecakes for about four months. I for okay. four months almost bi-weekly or twice a week, I guess. Um, I would watch my mom try and make a cheesecake. And every single time okay. she would fuck it up. Because she couldn't remember how time worked. So literally it was the exact same thing. Okay. But then I get to wondering if this isn't my other overarching theory of now we're in season nine, it's time to start abusing Peggy. Well, see, and that's, I couldn't figure it out. And I'm going to lean more towards brain damage, Peggy, because at first, my, my first con here that I said, I was going to have to kind of run this by you is that Peggy is vicious when she is accusing Bobby. She is not nice to him. And you never see Peggy be mean to Bobby. It's also that, that like, through okay. line of like hyper-focus. She knows exactly. Yeah. Cause I also, yeah, I also kind of picked that one up to him. Like, I, I remember those days. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm just like okay, so you're you're being really mean to him, and is it? Are you doing this intentionally? Are you over exaggerating this to make Hank feel bad because you know he is involved somehow? You just don't know to what extent. Like, is this the long con because you know that he is keeping something from you, so you're gonna punish Bobby so he feels guilty about it? Mm-hmm. That was my original running theory, except for I forgot in the end that she also takes all of the credit for going in, going to New Hoffenheim and takes it away from Bobby. And just completely minimizes him there, too. To me, it's like her brain, her neural pathways just can't connect 
the idea that the two of them could have been could have been involved in different capacities. Yeah. Um, yeah. And without being like the downer about it, I would reckon it is. I think it's perfect storm of Peggy Peggy versus Bad Brain Peggy that just kind of here we are. Yeah. So I, it's a con to me because I don't like seeing Peggy get mad at Bobby like that. I feel like it was unwarranted and overly cruel. She's real upset. Um, yeah. Yeah. And my last con here, uh, and you you can call me. I've, I've been doing this. I've been calling myself this for the last couple of weeks. You can call me Euro Trash for it. Uh, when they go to New Hoffensheim, there's a bunch of windmills there. And guys, windmills are not iconic to Germany. They're iconic to the Netherlands <laughs> because that's how the Netherlands got reclaimed from the sea. You're fucking so, Euro Trash there, bud. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Hey, I, I enjoyed watching my episode of Ted Lasso last night, and they spent the whole goddamn episode in Amsterdam. So this was a bad day for me to watch something that's even tangential to the Netherlands. Okay. I'm going to blow your ass out of the water. <laughs> it's oh, not really a con. It was out just, of the water, It Johnny? was just me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No water here. The um, dikes it... are up, dog. <laughs> Uh, those were my cons, though. I, I didn't have a lot to hate in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we're two favorite moments, though, are we not? Yeah, we are. What do you got for me? I have one, and it's New Hoffenheim. Okay. I love that entire scene. I like the look of it. It felt, other than the windmills, haha, uh, everything looked pretty damn German. You know, like the old, cool, like, scaffolding-type housing, um... I like that there is there's one dude there who knows a bunch about all these old German, like, um, um, sculptors and there there is this weird little gnomish community in Arlen. Mm-hmm. I I like the old lady saying put it on layaway and Hank just going fuck that I got cash. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Just I got cash. Uh huh. Uh huh. That seems like the most American thing that Hank Hill might have ever done on this show. It feels like. Yeah. Nope. I got cash right now. Let's fucking go. Um. Yeah. Like that's just the new Hoffenheim okay. bit. I I didn't find anything else. The B story is also a highlight for me. It's not a favorite moment, but I really didn't think I was going to enjoy Joseph anymore. But him just being a stupid thirteen year old on a mini bike reminds me of when I was a stupid thirteen year old on a mini bike. Yeah. Yeah, I crashed that thing a lot. I'm pretty sure I still have road rash scars on my legs from it. I am glad. It definitely, yeah. I'm glad that you were wrong about that one. I'm glad. <laughs> it makes me happy. I know we're not going to see a lot of depth out of Joseph, but I was kind of sad thinking that we all of his best days have gone behind us. Nah, we got him and Hank working at Strickland. That's a passable scene. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Uh, Mark, give me a favorite moment. Favorite moments. I got two. Number one, Boomhauer's uh, flowers bit. That's so funny. Any, you know, the <laughs> dangle days and, <coughs> and the dangle petunias. Help me. Help me. I, <laughs> I, I, I really like Boomhauer just as a general, like, because stuff like this is so, you know, it's not rare, but he just doesn't do it a lot. And he does it and it's cool. Like, it's not a bit you'd expect out of him. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that little bit. But then also, again, in direct contrast to you, I really like Peggy in the bathroom freaking out at Bobby because she starts off with, you were playing one of your weird little games. And that's such an honest line for me from Peggy because, like, how much shit does Peggy put yeah. up with out of Bobby? Like, just in general? Yeah. 
Um, but then just like the yeah. breaking down of it, and she's like, but see, and she just see, like goes insane, and I kind of like her going insane, and then her like reconciling it in her head, and just all the dumb. Yeah, I I kind of like it just because like. Uh, there's, there's especially that bit at the end and she's like, you're not allowed out of your room. And then she goes, well, I guess since, you know, you, you know, whatever, um, I can reduce your sentence. And Hank is just like, we got to go with it, Bobby. And he's just like, all right, whatever. Like just said, I like that little bit of defeat out of Bobby. He's like, oh, okay. I didn't do anything. Whatever. Yeah. I like it. I gotcha. I don't know. Like Peggy's the line you just mentioned there where, where she's like you and your, what you were playing one of your weird little games. That's what made me feel like this, this crossed the line into being cruel because Hank is always the one to call him out for being weird. Peggy is the one that, that is like, Nope, I'm going to drive you to your, your dog dancing competition and shit. I will sew you a cape if I have to. So it, it, it felt weird for me, but I, I can respect your, your enjoyment of the scene for that because yeah again and you're right we don't really see peggy get mad at bobby i mean you know hell the one that comes to mind is um i can't tell you the episode but with the uh full of beans and he stuffs them all up his nose and you little flapjack like even when she's mad she's not really that Mm. mad but here she's like pissed off at him so you your weird little game but you know too like i think she's justified like just because i don't get it just because like i'm not into gnome culture she is um, yeah, I think that she's not being a cow, at least, you know, and I think we lash out when we are upset when something like that is taken from us. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that brings us to our ratings, Mark. Uh, yeah, I think so. Do you got a cute one? I was going to do like weed strains or something, but I don't want to. I don't know <laughs> enough strains. No, I, I definitely don't know enough of that. Um, but I can I can get a get a rating going okay. here. Um, yeah, so we'll just we'll start at the bottom here. So our very bottom level is charcoal. A charcoal rating of an episode is an absolute failure. Just like a charcoal episode, you're going to leave it feeling dirty, like you just can't get that that filthy stink off of you. Um, a charcoal episode's good for maybe one watch, and you're never going to go back again. It's a terrible representation of this show. After that, you got your Megalo episodes, and these are kind of like the bronze medal. They're not much better than a charcoal, and you're definitely not seeking them out, but they present King of the Hill a little bit more. The characters are a little bit more authentic, even if the story's kind of screwy. After that, you got your Butane. This is our kind of our middle-of-the-road silver medal standard. A Butane is a bastard of an episode because there are parts you really love and parts you really hate. Uh, a lot of our episodes lately have been Butanes. They kind of sit in the... This is watchable, but I'm not going to invest a whole heck of a lot of time or attention. I can probably screw around on my phone for half this episode and get the the gist of it. After that, you get your gold standard episodes, the Char Kings. A Char King episode is everything you want in King of the Hill. You've got great characters, great guest stars, great story. You're going to have some kooky adventure in the land of Arlen or or beyond in in Texas somewhere. Uh, If you're really lucky, it's going to be in Mexico. And a Charking episode, it's it's going to tickle every funny bone in just the right way. Now, if Mark and I come together on a Charking episode, it becomes an Imperial. And this is just like maybe one step below the best as far as King of the Hill goes. The only thing it's missing is a little bit of context. 
our go-to episode for this is The Exterminator. You can love Dale Gribble. You can enjoy his antics, his craziness. And if you are any any at all familiar with the movie Office Space, you can really enjoy uh, Dale Tech. <laughs> Not Dale Tech. The Exterminator. <laughs> Fuck, I get those confused a lot. You can really enjoy The Exterminator. But if you know a little bit more about Dale Gribble, that episode just gets that much better. So that's what we call a Charking Imperial. Now, without that context, if you want the absolute best episodes of all time, these are our Blue Flames of Valor. These are things like a firefight and we will go that you're going to show to somebody who's never seen this this show a, a day in their life and say, hey, I love this show. I want to watch it. You should watch it with me. Let's get into it. So with that being said, Mark, a scale of charcoal to Blue Flame of Valor, what do you give Yard She Blows? Um, I feel a little bit weird about it because I don't think that I gushed enough or supported enough, but I'm giving this one a Char King. I really, really like Ooh. this episode. It's okay. a really good episode. It's a really good representation of everybody. Um, and quite frankly, you know what? If you're going to come into a show, like, okay, so like, let's say that you're showing this to somebody for the first time, um, and you don't really need the context, but you do need the context. You already know that you hate Peggy Hill. Man on the street hates Peggy Hill. You know what I mean? So like, sure. Um, She's a loud opinionated showing, white Texas woman. Exactly, yeah. But, like, uh, this showing of her out of the gate, very uncharacter from what everybody assumes she will be. But then at the same time, I think there's also redeemable bits in there. I like seeing the general enth- or the genuine enthusiasm from her. Um, I like seeing Hank's concessions over and over again. And, God, one of these days, Hank is going to let people stop looking at his house and he will not have any more damn problems. But until that day comes... Nah, this is still a really good episode. Bobby is funny. Um, Hank sneaking pudding into Bobby like it's prison. I love prison warden Peggy. I just love prison warden Peggy. That's hilarious. We didn't even talk about that. Like Joseph stealing the pickle helm. So he, you know, there's a dent in it. I hit a telephone pole. Like, yep. I. This is a really good episode. There's a lot of good hill. elements. Yeah. See if Glarum knocks it out of the park with this one. Yeah. Char King, man, for sure. How about you, man? What do you think? Uh, so I gave it a butane. Uh, I, okay. I really, I wanted to like it more, but Peggy in the end and just like the weird inconsistencies and the, the maybe brain damage, but probably brain damage, it just kind of blew it up for me and it took me out of the moment. It jarred me out of it, if if, if you will. Um, but there is some really good stuff in here. I I feel like I've talked too much about the B story and how much I love it because it's it's nothing more than just a stupid story about a kid riding a motorbike in the background. But to me, that's if I'm paying more attention to that than the actual storyline here, then there's no way it's going to come up to a Char King for me. Um, but okay. I don't hate this episode. I, I'm not going act, to probably actively sing, like seek it out unless I need to do something specifically with a line in here. But yeah, like it's, it's a fine episode. Um, definitely didn't hate it. I wanted a little bit more. Okay, right on. Yeah. Well, with that being said, what do you say we uh, burn it on down to our next episode, buddy? Let's rock and roll, man. So we're going to continue on here. Episode 176, Dale to the Chief. Original air date for this episode, January 30th, 2005. This is written by our buddy Garland Testa. Mark, do you still have our sheet pulled up here? Uh, I know. I feel like we just saw Garland Testa a couple weeks ago. We saw him last week, yeah. No, he's always around, and we always switch between loving him and hating him. Um, this is a Dale-centric I, episode, and he's the one that's known for that, right? Uh, you might remember Garland Tester from Hellenium, uh, Decline and Fall of Peggy Hill, uh, Revenge of the Lutefisk, and our favorite thing ever, A Firefighting We Will Go. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Garland Testa, it, then uh, our cast of characters this week, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, Joseph and Nancy Gribble, the DPS agent and the Homeland security agent. Mark, my synopsis this week, Dale questions his infallible belief that the government is out to get us after reading the Warren report and it results in him swatting Hank. Now he doesn't actually swat Hank, but I figured that would be a fun, cool edgelord way of putting it this week. Pretty a close, story. Though. <laughs> a story is Dale. Uh, it's a B story, but it is subprime, suboptimal one A uh, B story for Hank because it all ties together in the end. But they're t- they're two pretty clearly separate stories yeah. till halfway through the episode. Yeah. So, um, I'm gonna jump into my notes if you're cool with that. Yeah, do it up. Uh, so, do you have? It's first one's going to be a question, and I'll give you my answer too here. Um, do you have something that you like so much that you would keep a diorama of it in your basement? So th- I brought this up because Dale has a diorama of Dealey Plaza in his basement. <laughs> that right. he is, you know, he's taken the time to paint miniatures and put little people there and get the book depository up and all that stuff. Um, if I had to stop and think, you and I were just talking off, off uh, a recording about Lego. And I really like Lego. If I had the ability to buy a bunch of, of Lego and build it and never get to touch it, but just sit there and do cool shit with it, I might do that, especially if it's themed. Like, I love Lord of the Rings. They have a new Lord of the Rings set out. It's great. Um, yeah. But but I also really kind of want to do dioramas of TV shows and their neighborhoods. I would love a little diorama of Rainy Street in my basement or a little di- di- diorama of, of Evergreen Terrace. Okay. Um, I would love to see a little tiny one of the study room from community or Jerry Seinfeld's apartment just because like, it'd be fun to cool. Like it'd be fun to look at it and analyze it and just kind of visualize, okay, this is, these are the triangles. This is how they did their blocking. This is, you know, where all these key events happened and kind of identify hot spots and shit. Um, do you have anything that you would want to keep like a diorama of in your basement? Um, it wouldn't be a true diorama, but I would get all the Star Wars toys that I had when I was a kid. I had a shitload Ooh, of, like, okay. original trilogy Star Wars toys and a lot of the, like, uh, ships and everything. I would, um, I would get all that back together and kind of just, like, I would build that up and then I would build it with, um, all the Bionicles I had, too, because you're talking about Lego. And there was a yeah. point there I really remembered that Bionicle crossed over into Lego, and then I turned 14 and started masturbating and never touched either one again. Um, but it, <laughs> all that is to say is, yeah, I would get all my Star Wars shit back. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so next one here, we've had Boomhauer. We've had Kidhauer. Did you notice who was standing behind Hank at the post office, Mark? I named him Travis Trithauer. I named him Midhauer because he is Mid-hour. definitely in, he is in between them. <laughs> You're welcome. Midhauer ruined you. Um, I'm glad you noticed I'm drinking that. Drinking water. Jesus. Yes. I'm glad you noticed that. I I don't know at this point, guys. It's probably just like Mike Judge's drawing style. That's what we're seeing here. Um, it's probably not a bunch of weird interconnected bastards. But who knows? We like to have fun with that. Um, I think I'm going to go back and start tracking it. I really think I'm going to go back, and that's going to be my, my like, Warren report. It's going to be <laughs> nice. the Boomhauer report. 
Um, my last note here is also another question, and I have honestly no idea what the answer might be. What the fuck is Dale doing with the flashlights in the alley when he does the whole resisting arrest? Like he starts out that whole scene like he's air, like doing air traffic control, and he's asking people if you could land a helicopter in the alley, and I'm like, what? Why are you doing this? He doesn't know that the that Homeland Security actually took his threat seriously and they're showing up. So, like, is he I just he out knows. there? Is he just out there dicking around with flashlights? You think he knows? Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah. I I well, had to go what back. Is he doing so with I had to go back. You remember this time? This was so. This one dropped in two thousand five in January. So that by our like timeline reckoning puts it at least written six months before then. Maybe maybe it's shorter now. It doesn't matter. This is two thousand four. Like, um, we had just invaded Iraq. Um. The whole fucking blood for oil thing was going on. Then there was the whole, like, American deal of if you don't support the troops, then you're against America. And then, like, the Dixie Chicks are getting canceled, like, a year before this. So, like, this isn't our America now. This is a completely different time. And, like, I remember stories of people turning in, like, their neighbors or their bosses or their, like boyfriends or girlfriends to Homeland Security because we were at such a high agitated state that like any threat was taken a million percent seriously. So you called okay. it in. This was like Red Scare times a million. Like, you know, you had to drop dime on your neighbor so you were safe, but like this wasn't so you were safe. It was so you're protecting the country. Like this was a really scary, paranoid time in America. Okay. Like TV was paranoid. The attitude was paranoid. Like, yeah. Um, and, and that's, I had to kind of go back when I watched this, you know, like it is now a fine. If you threaten a government employee, like that's because of shit like that, you know, like not because yeah. of this, but like it, it, it all kind of ties in together. And like this, this episode came out at a really weird time. And I had to stop and remind myself of that time. You know what I mean? Well, it's, and it's so different than what we're seeing and hearing now every single day. Um, that's it for my notes, but I'm, I'm glad yeah. you kind of brought it around. Cause I feel like that's going to be a, a golden thread through this entire episode. It's just that it feels like an episode out of time. And that's what it, yeah, this is the one that like you, you a thousand percent can't reboot it. Like West Side <laughs> Story makes it, um, um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that we've had really big problems with, um, Man without a country club gets it again. Like, nah, those are all getting greenlit, but this one can't do her. No. No. At least not not how it's written now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mark, what are your notes? Notes. Um, So the whole Hank deal is really funny up to a point. Like, I like the idea of the childishness of the situation where, like, yeah, there was a screw-up. They sent him a license that said he was a woman. Hank's gonna yeah. get it fixed, and then I like, and then I like the, just the childishness of oh, Hank's lady, and then it yes ands from there, until right. it turns into like you're a degenerate and you're an insane person and you hate America, and then it kind of like this episode jumps its own shark. Okay, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but that being said, I kind of get a giggle anytime Bill teases Hank. Like, throughout, just throughout the entire episode. He's just, this is, for me, this is my own private rodeo again, where Bill and Boomhauer are grab-assing. 
This is yeah. the same kind. This is the same Bill, and I'm glad he's back. It's silly, Bill. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, my entire gigantic monologue that I just did. Um. So, Dale calls the Department of Homeland Security on Hank for desecration of American flag. The desecration of the American flag is, in fact, protected speech under Texas versus Johnson, which was a law directly about flag burning. Okay. Yeah. Freedom, uh, they determined that acts of expression are protected freedom of speech. Well, is that written by an amendment that hopes Ted Kennedy's going to pay? And if he fights back, he'll say that he's gay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> fap, hap, clans. Wow, I meant to say fap, clap hands. There it is. Yes. <laughs> I'll say that he's gay. Oh, kids, go watch Old Simpsons. They're so good. <laughs> um, I just... This is also such a weird time because this... Okay, so this episode came out in 2004. You know what else came out in 2004? 2005, Mark. 2005. Okay, okay, I know, but okay, what did we just establish? Six months. Fuck you, Johnny. Yes. Facebook (laughs) came out in 2004. Like, right? So this episode, and it's like, they're talking a lot about, like, how easy it used to be, right? Like... Before there became all this like governmental overreach and oversight and like now you got to fill out all these forms and shit. So like this was at that time and now I can't think of a time. Dude, you got a fucking consent to cookies on the internet. You know what I mean? Like this is such a weird damn time and I know I'm bringing it up for the second time tonight. But it's just like I got to go back and think about it, man. Like it's such a different goddamn world. Um we we have really it's changed a lot in twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Like this episode is nineteen years old. You know, mm-hmm. that's it's nothing. Like this episode, it, it can vote. Like I I, it's mind blowing to me. And just but then how different the context of this episode is now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I didn't take a bunch of notes. I just kind of sat and was like enraptured by this weird off-putting time machine. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you got for me? You got some pros or yeah, tell me yeah, I'm yeah. crazy or <laughs> I don't. I don't no. know. No. So uh, pros here. I feel like this is um, this is one of our better Dale conspiracy episodes. Uh, it's like their attempt at meta conspiracy because we've all known that Dale has got these crackpot ideas about a lot of things, but this is the, this is one that a lot of people that aren't into conspiracy theories have dabbled their toes into and gotten interested in because the story of Kennedy is so weird and fascinating. And there, for a long time, there were so many loopholes in it that it was really easy to kind of jump on the bandwagon hype train when it came to it. And so mm-hmm. I feel like this is this is like the pinnacle. I don't think we're ever going to get a better conspiracy episode out of Dale. Um, we've had a lot of really fun ones. Him being a like a guerrilla tactics leader with Mr. Mr. Big and Mad Dog <laughs> and all this other shit. We'll get smoking in the bandit a little bit later. And it's not the best episode, but it is kind of funny. It, there's some sub, subterfuge and things like that. And we've seen Dale just get like weird and shifty and do all sorts of, of gnarly things with Octavio, you know, it's, it's fun, but 
I think Operation it's a, this, Infinite Walrus. Um, his infiltration yeah. of Fort Blanda to get Bill's military, like just that, like yeah, Bill committed three felonies for his buddy, and that was nothing. But like, yeah. So I feel like they finally took the the golden apple off the tree with this one because it's it's a gimme. It's a total softball. Yeah, let's have Dale talk about the Warren report. Why not? Um, yeah. The I I the visual of Dale crying and vomiting at the same time, or crying and then vomiting, is so disturbing yet so beautiful because it fits with his character so well. I'm like, thank you for not animating that, but why did you have to tell me that? But also. <laughs> Yeah, that's what would happen. You, you're humanizing Dale. You're, you're remi- reminding us that he's he is uh, 120 pounds soaking wet track teen physique. Um, <laughs> there is one specific moment, and I promise you I'm not going to get political with this. No, do I know that's, that's a big old trigger warning for some people. But there is a moment in this episode that makes me miss how I used to feel about cops. And it's when Dale is oh on the grassy God. knoll... And the cop goes up to him and just says, it's my job to help you. Let's go get you a warm meal. And I'm like, God damn, I used to feel comforted and safe when I saw cops anywhere. And I I don't. I don't feel comfortable or safe around any of them. And I haven't really for about five to ten years. And I don't know if it's just because I'm growing up or if it's because every time I turn on the TV, someone is doing something fucking stupid and a cop has gone too far. Well, it's also the militarization of the police and, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, the narrative I these see are, These are different cops. It was weird to see. It's weird to see these cops. And this is the first time it bugs me because this is a Dallas police officer. So, like, yeah. you're assuming it's going to be a different outfit. Like, I'm cool with Arlen cops not wearing body armor. But I assumed that this one was going to have it. He didn't have it. Just little shit like that. And it's weird. Yeah. Well, he's and also now in the all cops have it Central. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's in the right in the in dead center of Crackpot Central. Like, oh. Yeah, you're going to go and talk to all the crazy people handing out flyers on Dealey Plaza that think Kennedy's still alive? You, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to send the the most, like, like the guy that's going there, that's 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 his punishment. He's not going to be happy to be there. Um, no, like, this gives me the warm fuzzies. This cop moment gives me the warm fuzzies from when I was a kid. And I'd watch things like, shit, I'm sure they did, like, a Magic School Bus or a Bill Nye or something on, on, on police and why they're important to the community and why they help us out and why why there are safe people to go and talk to. And as a kid, they absolutely were. I had no trouble thinking that a cop is going to be my best friend and he will be for all of my friends. And it's just not that way anymore. So I promise I'm not getting political on this. I just, it, I miss feeling that it's way a different about time. cops. No, but you're I not, you're not political. It's, it's no, but it's the same thing I'm saying. Like it's God, like we're still at war. Like we're still at this war. Like, yeah. Night, like <laughs> this episode is is fucking enlisted. You know what? Like, it's such a weird, it's such a weird episode. It does such weird things. I don't know. Yeah, I no, um, I agree with you a hundred percent though. Like, yeah. Um. So I don't. This is probably a favorite moment, but I put it in prose. Dale okay. literally making his food pyramid a food pyramid on his plate oh. was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's like a hey if you look away you're gonna miss this that's why you need to pay attention to the episode um, Nancy's I, look of concern <laughs> right uh, I really like Bill's admiration of Hank in this episode where he says well why would you are you telling me that he's everything that I've ever wanted in a woman but he isn't a man like why can't he be a woman all this and that like Bill makes some comment to that effect and to me yeah. it didn't it didn't ring 
it didn't ring the homosexual bell because we already know that Beto is not he's not a thing. We also know that Bill is not attracted to Hank that way. He's attracted to Peggy that way, if you want to call it that. So to me, I took it as pure admiration. That's that's his best friend. And of course, that's what he wants. Like if. Yeah. 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 I like it. I'll take it. Um, and then the last one here, we haven't seen Nancy yet this season. We haven't seen her for a little while. And I feel like this was a good way to remind us where she stands in the power hierarchy in the Gribble household without overdoing it because she is the voice of reason. And she's just like, okay, he's your best friend and he has bailed you out of a lot of shit. Why are you trying to do this to him? Yeah. You know, she's reminding us that about her and Hank are probably the only people that can talk sense into Dale, especially when he's on one of his tears. Mm -hmm. So I, I liked it. I don't know how much more of Nancy we'll see this season, but I thought it was a cool little like, Hey, we haven't seen you. Theoretically, if you've been watching, watching these as they premiere, we haven't seen you in six months or more. Cause I don't remember the last good, good Nancy episode or even speaking role we got from her. How could you forget Nancy's shaking of her head in Mrs. Wakefield? Ugh, get out <laughs> her of here. Her disapproving glare in Mrs. Wakefield. How, Give me your John, prose. Give the, me the your prose. Tour de Force animation. We're not talking <laughs> about that, that train wreck of a fucking episode. <laughs> prose, Bobby doing Hank as a woman. Now where did I put my pantyhose? That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I just, so like up until now, like Hank is so straightforward and everything. We know season nine, we are so established in character, right? Yeah. Um, so like there's some things you just don't do with Hank. You don't laugh at Hank Hill because he'll kick your ass, right? And no, he's yeah. not going to like beat his wife and child. We're not, this ain't season one, episode one, but like. He's he pulls he says I'm a female or whatever and they just they break they just start laughing they're losing their shit you don't laugh at Hank Rutherford Hill damn it and there no. they are and then Bobby just to his face we're on a portable party hose it's great like and all of them all of them just keep making fun of him and it's so <laughs> good and it's just so silly because it's really it's really just such a tiny fuck up it's nothing at all. And then it just escalates into madness. And then, yes, Dale pulls a real gribble and makes an ass out of himself and goes too far with it. But, like, man, this, like, the opening bits, hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, especially that. Just, Bobby, where did I put my panty? I lost it. It was amazing. Um, you kind of already hit this, but Dale's America montage. <laughs> um, I'm so chanced got... up on America. <laughs> The one that got me was him saluting the bald eagle. <laughs> like, it's really good. I really like that bit. Um, finally, when he is being diabolical, grabs his show turtle and starts petting it like a James Bond villain. That's amazing. Oh, it's very good. Yeah, that's that's real good. It's it's real good right there. Um. And then I get, well, no, that's my favorite moment. So, yeah, how about some cons? What do you got for cons? So the big one here that you and I, I feel like, are, are kind of dancing around tentatively, and it's why this episode couldn't be made now, and it's because of the attitude towards gender and transgender in this and just how everybody reacts to Hank going, I, like, why do I have to jump through so many hoops? I'm a fucking guy. And 
I feel like his reactions, the way the, the other people's reactions, the way the way everybody addresses this subject is ju- it just feels very antiquated and it feels like it, it's you're asking to get canceled. I'd be really shocked if this episode sees the light of day on even Cartoon Network anymore. Um, sure it does. This is a great it, no, this is a hilarious episode. Like, it is. It is. But like, you know what I mean? So the, it, it's it, it's hard to watch now because of that sort of attitude. Um, yeah. It I, I boils down to I, you know, I'm trying to be a more unbiased and open and multicultural person. And I'm trying to be an ally for the LGBTQIA plus community. And when I hear things, even in a joking context, like, how come you can't tell the difference between what God gave me and what somebody put together with some extra skin and a toe? Mm-hmm. And the doc, it's not that, that Hank is saying something so inflammatory, but the doc's response is, legally, I can't. Meaning, oh, I absolutely know which ones are fake and which ones aren't and all this and all that. And I may be in agreeing with you, but, oh, Johnny Law says we can't do it this way. And... And it's like you by doing that, it's you're being you're being intolerant of somebody and you'd really don't need to be. You could just leave them the hell alone. So, yeah, uh, that's all I'm going to say on it. You may have a little more to add, but I'll let you get there. Uh, d- to me, a con for this episode is that Dale gets to become too much. He overwhelmed me in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's probably not for everybody, but it got obnoxious at the end. And yeah. so to me, that was almost a detractor at the end of this episode. Cause I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've done wacky Dale for the whole episode and I really can't handle too much more. Um, and then my last con here is it's a con that they didn't fucking give me a side story. I wanted a C story here because I want to know what in the hell Bobby was doing when he walks in wearing his cape and eating his ice cream. I want to know what the precursor to that is. And I will never know because you're never going to fucking tell me. So it's a con. Uh. (laughs) Mark, what are your cons? Okay. Um, cons. Holy shit. So, Johnny, I just beeped all three of those out so that, you know, we don't get black flagged before we go to Missouri, just yes. in case. <laughs> but, man, you understand that those things that I just said right there are real obnoxious and they're real harmful, and I think we can all agree we don't need them anymore. Not to their level that they're at. I'd say really any level at all. You know, basic, but, yeah. Anyway, um... Con, that cop should have arrested Dale. He is littering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just, that kind of made me mad. Like, God damn it, Dale. Pick up the trash. Um, um, Con, I agree with you. Dale is way too much. He's obnoxious. Like, okay, I burn out at the good. Constitution bit. I burn right there when he's like, can I start reciting the Constitution? It's like, God, dude, come on. Like I, I, I was afraid I was going to cause a rift between us with that comment because you and I do love some silly Dale, but silly it was Dale, just yeah, but too much. No, this is no, this is um, queasy Rider Dale. Like, okay, this is Dale getting too high on his old bullshit, too high on his own bullshit, and like losing the thread, and it stops being enjoyable, and like 
I don't know. Okay. I would almost yeah. go so far as to say this is not a good Dale episode. Interesting. I'm sorry, dude. We're coming off a of Dale Be Not Proud, and this is what you're giving yeah. me? No, no. I don't know. I also don't understand why only one conspiracy is what, like, breaks it. Isn't that the point of conspiracy theory is you want them to be proven wrong? Especially, like, at this point in time. Like, yeah. not now, where we need to prove, like, the Q conspiracy. And, like, it has to be true. Like, because if it's not, then, well, we all got yes added into madness. Like, that kind of shit. But, like, back then, wouldn't Dale, like... We've watched him. Um... The hormones one. You know, yeah. he's talking about it. They inject the beef with hormones. That's a great Dale conspiracy. He knows that that's true. Like, we talk about the beast. The beast is a great Dale conspiracy. Why does JFK need to, like, make it so fragile? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't. It, it's I don't too mainstream. I think that's what it is. It's too damn one. mainstream for me. Dale is more of a conspiracy connoisseur. JFK yeah. is just garden variety, you know? Your mom, your mom knows about JFK, but she doesn't know about uh, the 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 Mexican sub in the Gulf of Mexico. It's true. Or alt dot yeah. black dot helicopter. Exactly. Yeah. Or the Martian capital city. Yeah. She doesn't <laughs> know those. Um, no. Sorry, I'm rambling here. This is all to say that I just don't really care for Dale this week. He's just misused and overused until it wraps around to the scene at the, uh, um, uh, DPS. I want to call it DMV, but at the DPS, like that last little rant is a good Dale rant. That's good because Dale's back to being grounded and focused, but man, he's just so, just so wild. And I just don't care for it. Anyway, I've been talking a lot. Let's talk about something else. Um, favorite moment for me, you already nailed it. And it's Bobby's Hank impression in the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> specifically the pantyhose line that was my favorite moment for the episode <laughs> yes i i love and you very succinctly put it i love that bobby gets told uh, okay go to your room or go to the den or go somewhere else go to, the, snickering, yeah, go to the living room and he's snickering as he goes off you can see the smile on his face and then peggy also starts taking the piss out of him and she also gets ordered to leave and is also snickering it's like <laughs> yeah. oh this is this is an in joke for everyone on the whole block to make fun of you for yeah. And you're just going to have to get over it. And those bits are why I really like it. Like, um, yeah. Bill has the bit and he's like, should I call you Mrs. Hill or Ms? Well, I guess you can't go wrong with Ms. And him and Boomhauer giggling and whew, it's, that's really funny. Like, yeah. Uh, so, Mark, what about your favorite moment? Um, my favorite moment is Hank getting nominated for the Texas Propane Gas Woman of the Year. Now that just tears it, Mark. <laughs> I, uh, oh man, that's so funny. I just, just something like that. And it gets up the chain and something swaps and somebody heard something. And now the propane gas association knows it. And like, that's great. They're going to get a plaque made. <laughs> Hank's going to get that plaque in the mail and a, and a signed letter of congratulations by Murray Hogarth. Like it's, it's fantastic. I love it so goddamn much. Um, what are you rating this or do you have any final thoughts or anything else to say or no, uh, I think we can get to a rating. So I gave Dale to the chief of butane. Um, and it's, it's middle of the road. I didn't hate this episode. I definitely didn't love, love this episode. It had its highs. It's had its lows, but I mentioned this earlier in our recording, Mark, that the, this episode has got an almost identical ending 
And it may be a strength because, hey, this is everything wrapping itself up in a nice little bow and we can go on next week like nothing happened. Or it could just be a trope that they've now done. And they're just like, well, this is how we ended the last big Dale-centric episode or a big Dale-centric episode. So let's just do this again. And I, I was trying to figure out why this episode made me feel like I'd watched it before in many times. And when you have Dale being obstinate and, and shitty and over the top for the entire episode, for all of a sudden him to grow a conscience and come back and and still continue to do this and then pull the left the left curve or the left hand turn right out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's just the exact same thing as the trouble with Gribbles. He was an asshole to Nancy the entire episode to get his his money. The entire episode and did this whole big outlandish thing at the very end where he makes this big scene, this big statement and everything else only to be the person that turns it around at the very last second. In that one, it's, yep, I'm doing this for my wife and I'm giving up everything. In the end of this one, it's, I'm doing this because my best friend needs to get his shit figured out and I'm the only one that's going to help him do this without going through all all the bureaucracy. I'm like, you guys, to me, it feels like they're recycling endings. I think they're recycling full Dale plots. I thought you were describing Dale be not proud. Yeah. And then I thought so, you were also describing the exterminator a little bit. Like, no, 100%. Yeah. Like, so to me, that is, yeah. I mean, we're now pushing it into mediocrity because I've seen this show and I've seen it three fucking times and all three times were better than this one. So this is a butane for me. Um, okay. It's almost a little bit lower because it's really hard to watch now, but I'll stick with Megal or uh, with butane, I think. Okay. How about you, man? Um, I'm giving it a Megalo. Um, I already kind of beat okay. to death how weird this is to watch. It's it's kind of off-putting. Maybe I'll watch it again, but I'm not going to put it on. I'm not going to seek it out. Um, it's got some good little moments, but, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't. I just really don't care for it, and I hate being reminded that this future of bureaucracy, bureaucracy and red tape and overreach is, like, it predicted it, and here we are now, 19 years later, I'm just like, shit. I don't want to be reminded yeah. of my current situation. Let me go back to, like, being excited to, like, catch bass with crack cocaine. You know, like, this is, I don't want your realism and my escapism, damn it. We we talk about it all the time, and that's where I'm at. Megalo. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Well, I think Whew. that just about does it for this week's episode, Mark. We just got that ever-important question to ask. Yes, we do. Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you? Yeah, I still really like King of the Hill. <laughs> well, that's what a, what a guy loves to hear after he's spent an, an enormous amount of time recording lots of episodes about it with you. Um, Mark, I'm <laughs> going to tell good. these good... It's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, Mark, it. I'm going to tell these good people where they can find <laughs> for us. A while, for a while there, I was rating it as, yeah, it's better than Family Guy. I forget when it was. It was like the beginning of season four. Five or the end of four and I was like angry and depressed and I think like it was pouring into the podcast because oh, like no. I was just like a ball because I like to listen to them you know like a sure. year later so I'm like oh where was I at and I was like wow this Mark is this is angry Mark this is yeah. <laughs> this is Mark just found out he's uh, staying at City Market for another six months Mark oh <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to tangent there. We no, no, tell those good. good people where to find us, buddy. Absolutely. 
Good people of internet and podcast land can always find us at Dang Old Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. We have our own Facebook page, The Dang Old Podcast. Uh, you can reach out to us at email, dangolepodcast at gmail.com. You can always reach out to me on Instagram. I am Krautball. Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Um, Mark, would you like to g- you would you like me to give the bumper for our new show on the High Hammock Studio Network? Yeah, do it up, buddy. Yeah. So, guys, we have a new uh, new addition to the High Hammock family. It's been around for about three weeks now. Um, it's a, a cool little movie rewatch podcast where Mark and our good buddy. Brad kind of go over some movies, some they've seen, some they haven't seen, and uh, the whole concept is when when am I going to be able to realistically show this to my kids? When is it appropriate to show this to my kids? Now, if you're my dad, then you're letting me watch Cheech and Chong and uh, Creep Show at about six years old. So, really, nothing was off limits for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm really I'm looking forward to guest starring one of these days when you guys invite me on. But uh, the name of the show is I Can't Wait to Show My Kids. This week, you guys just covered uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and everybody's favorite crying dinner of, not dinner of onions, Flowers of Time actor, Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah, guys, go check it out. It's it's worth a it's worth a listen for sure. Mark, where else can they find you? Um, you can also find me on our other sister podcast, the Two Wizards podcast. That's our OG. That's our granddaddy. That's me and my buddy Josh. He is also a wizard. And we are staring into that void so you don't have to. This week, I talked about um, audio phenomenon. Um, Yeah, Johnny. Hey, did you hear that? Because maybe it was in your head or maybe it wasn't. And hey, we've also been hearing it since humans have been hearing shit and noticing shit. And there's something real big in there. But go check us out over there on the Two Wizards podcast. Or find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And um, yeah, thank you for listening, guys. We love you all. Do that five-star rating. Do that whole, like, hey, these guys are kind of cool review. But don't do it unless it's, like, a three-star better. I, at this point, I just want the ratings. But <laughs> god damn. Um, yeah. yeah. Tell a friend about us. Tell a friend. We're getting a lot of good traction. Um, listeners, you know who you are. We love hearing from you. You all are awesome. Um, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening, guys. See you later, folks. <laughs>